Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. Today, we're going to celebrate the fact that Greenwood First Presbyterian Church is gearing up for the 25th annual Kirk. Oh, the Tartans. And if you don't know what that it means, me either. But we're going to learn about it together. Joining us is Ray Smitty. He is with the church and here to tell us a little bit more. Hey, Ray. Hi, how are you? I am doing well. I'll have to admit, Ray, today is, I'm today years old, as the kids would say, hearing about Kirk and O the Tartans. So I feel like there's a lot here and history and things to learn. So tell us about this celebration. All right. Well, let's start with where it comes from. Um, and here's some facts about it. The word Kirk is the Scottish word for church, and Tartans, with their distinctive plaids, represent specific Scottish clans, regions, or regiments. The Kirkin of the Tartans is the presentation of a Scottish family's symbol, its tartan, at church for a blessing. After Bonnie Prince Charlie's Scottish forces were defeated by the English in 1746 in the Battle of Culloden, the wearing of tartans and the playing of bagpipes were forbidden in Scotland for many years. Wearing or displaying of tartans was punishable by death. During those years, some Scots wore concealed pieces of their tartan when they attended church. At a particular point in the worship service, they would secretly touch their hidden tartan cloth, and the minister would offer a blessing. The first formal Kirken service in America was conducted at New York Avenue Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. in 1941. Uh, Beyond the particular heritage of Scotland and its people, First Presbyterian Church's Kirken is intended to encourage all participants to reflect with thanksgiving on their own family and ethnic heritage and to celebrate God's grace poured out for all generations. And as a part of our service, we do ask members of our church to bring forward at one point in the service pieces of tartan representing their clan and uh, laying those on our communion table for a blessing that's done during the service. 
So nobody's put to death this time, right? Like that's been. <laughs> no, oh, oh, no, we don't use um, the claymore swords for anything <laughs> like that. No, I think that's great. And what cool history there! What uh, rich history um, to be continued to be shared. So this is something you guys look forward to annually there in Greenwood. So how many how many family families come out for this? How many tartans will y'all have laid out from you know from different I guess different clans? Well, currently, we have, uh, as part of the uh, procession in the worship service, which, by the way, is this Sunday. Uh, the service is at 11. There's uh, some preliminary things that we'll talk about, too, in a moment. But in the procession, there are um, some flags, of course, that are carried in. It's all led by a pipe band uh, from Memphis. We have 34 families who have purchased tartan Banners. It's um, banners made from their clan's tartan material. So those are carried in procession. Um, you know, they have uh, purchased those over the years, and we keep uh, every year we add to it. You know, new families come forward and ask for, you know, us to secure their tartan banner, and it makes for quite a nice display in the service. Oh, I imagine. And what a unique talking point, too, for those that may, you know, not um, uh, know of the history, but at least would like to learn a little bit more and a great way to sort of share that with everyone. So is this open to whomever might would like to come and be a part of the blessing and be part of the service, Ray? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, l- let me run through what that Yeah, please do. Like. All right. So at uh, 9.30 in our church parlor, we have a... Kirkin Lecture, and that is being done by our guest preacher for the day, and he is Dr. J. Ligon Duncan III, who is the Chancellor of Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson. He uh, formerly was, uh, for nine years, the senior pastor at First Presbyterian in Jackson, and he's very, very knowledgeable of all things Scottish. So he will have his lecture at 9.30 in the church parlor, and then at 10.15 out on Main Street in front of the church, we will have a pipe band concert by the Memphis Pipe Band. They have been with us now for three years, and uh, that'll last about uh, 20 minutes or so. Then uh, at 11 o'clock, we will gather in the sanctuary, and uh, we will have the Kirken of the Tartans worship service, the, the uh, procession led by that pipe band. We'll be all together. Ray, did we lose yeah. you? Oh, okay. There you go. And I think that's what kind of makes it special, too, to have them come down from Memphis. It's a completely unique sound if no one's sort of heard that. That alone would be worth coming out and sort of being a part oh, of. And they are wonderful. They're an outstanding uh, group. They play very well. And uh, there is something It's just very stirring uh, to hear the pipes in the morning. Even if you don't think you have some Scott in you, it touches you somehow. So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm showing how little I know about the First Presbyterian Church, Ray. So does, is that all Scottish heritage? Like, is, are Presbyterians all from Scottish heritage? Well, yes. You know, actually, the um, uh, Presbyterian Church in America comes out of Scotland. So it's also a celebration of the Scottish Presbyterian heritage. And, you know, the South 
by and large, were settled it was settled by people of Scottish and Irish descent. So it's hard to find someone in this part of the world that doesn't have uh, a Scottish relative somewhere in their ancestry. So you're saying we all have a tartan? Excuse me? So we all have a tartan if we looked hard enough? You can probably have a tartan if you look hard <laughs> enough. And there are tartans for people who don't have Scottish ancestry. You know, we have a few who just chose a, a tartan to use, and that's fine, too. There's no hard, fast rules about it. Oh, I would say, too, you might find this interesting. At our luncheon every year, we have a kilt election between two of our gentlemen and um, one or the other, and sometimes both, depending on how much uh, how many much funds are collected, they will receive a uh, kilt for themselves to wear the following year. And we probably have now about, I want to say close to 40 of our gentlemen in the church who have kilts, and they will wear them on this day. What an interesting, I, I, guess, I mean, such an interesting thing, and it's been going on for the last 25 years there, Ray. I feel like this is kind of a best-kept secret there in Greenwood. I mean, not to come out and, like, you know, um, I, I, to me it would just be a, a full of interest and curiosity and sort of uh, learning about the heritage or the culture or sort of also getting to know these families that are within my community because you guys are, you know, right there in Greenwood having services every weekend, just not all the time do you have the pipe band or pull out the kilts? Right. This is a very special time once a year, and uh, it's uh, always a lot of fun. Uh, one other thing we do every year, we uh, recognize a family uh, in the church as an as the honored family, and uh, general, you know, they will have Scottish ties and uh, often rather deep roots up here in the Delta. What about and this year? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, what about Scottish food? You know, church in the South, we're all about that potluck. <laughs> so, well, there there is a luncheon afterwards, but um, you know, nobody really is a fan of haggis, <laughs> so uh, it's it's pretty standard uh, uh, fare. Uh, that's fair. That yeah, that's yeah. You know, those internal organ meats—they're kind of. That's kind of dicey. <laughs> I don't know. Some of us like our chitlins and all the other things around here, but <laughs> we just call them different things right here That's, in the South. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, if folks are interested in learning more or maybe um, coming to this service, which is special, this is coming up this weekend, or maybe any services that you guys have there at First Presbyterian Church in Greenwood, where, where exactly are y'all located? And then how can they we find out are- more? We are downtown at uh, the corner of Washington and Main Street. Okay, and is, can Easy they go on? Phone. Can they go online to find out more? Yes, they can, and that would be at firstgreenwood.net. All righty. Well, Ray, I'm wishing you all the best weekend for your 25th annual Kirkin of the Tartans. I learned how to say it correctly, there and you I go. appreciate your time. Thank you so much. We appreciate you having us. All right, you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next.
upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back to Good Things, streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from that Supertalk Mississippi app, if you've taken time to download that. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV, and coming up next, you got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi. They're going to be live at M-Trade Park to kick off the spring seasons of baseball, fast-pitch softball, and soccer. So nearly 150 teams will be in the... We'll be in Oxford this weekend for you, Triple S.A. Baseball. You may be headed that way now listening to good things. For the full schedule of tournaments this spring, visit mtradepark.com. Don't miss the boys on Sports Talk coming up next live from mtrade Park in Oxford this Friday. If you're going to play... M trade. And if you were just listening to that, uh, our conversation with Mr. Ray there in Greenwood, First Presbyterian Church, you may have been scratching your head trying to still figure out what a tartan is. So I asked our, our resident, um, Google, which is Rhino. So I took it as that a tartan was kind of like a family seal, which is not wrong, but not right either. So right. explain, explain the tartan a little bit more to Well, me. much like a family seal or a crest or anything in that same vein is designed to identify your family or your clan or your community, a tartan is a similar symbol of your clan, family, or community. The difference is a tartan is technically a pattern. More specifically, a plaid pattern. Ooh, I'm wearing plaid today. Am I wearing somebody's tartan? Uh, potentially. <laughs> no? have to, we would have to look it up. I hope they were kind. But probably not. Not not forceful. Because <laughs> they, they tend to be multicolored, and historically, the, the tartan, the, the plaid that you would have was really limited to what was available to you. So if you were in an area with a berry that made a, a bright purple dye and your clan had that land, then your tartan would probably have bright purple in the design. But it's, what is it, what's the saying? All tartans are plaids, but not all plaids are tartans. Gotcha. Good to know. I didn't know if I'd be like false representing something I didn't believe in up here on Good Things with my... (laughs) With my off the shelf, <laughs> with my off the shelf plaid, but I think that's neat. But that's also is that kind of like when you watch some period pieces. So what is it when they come in with the flag? You know, like and this is complete fiction. Watching all the things back in the day, and they have like the different whatever for that like kingdom. You know, like they come in with the flag. Is that like not, in a battlefield situation? Yeah, in a battlefield situation. Uh, that well, called? that was the standard, I believe, is what they would call it, the battle standard, and. If you think about it, we think of like like the, the most people when they consider a battlefield, they're thinking of a movie they've seen or they're thinking of a game they've played, whether it be a board game or a video game. Very few people 
across the entire population have experienced a battlefield and even less have experienced a melee battlefield, like you're talking about with medieval people and flags and stuff like that. In modern battlefields, you have airplanes, you have drones, you have the high ground. You can Mm -hmm. look down on the battlefield and see where everybody is and strategize based on that. Back in the day, before flying machines and the ability to get up high to see the tallest point was the tallest point if you had the highest hill you had the best vantage point but even then it wasn't enough to see your entire army so as a way to keep up with different divisions within your army you would have them all delineated with different flags Ah. so that when you look out you're like all right i got that many flags that way i got that many flags that way looks like that group with the flag struggling we need this flag to go over there that so it was Organization. I agree with that flag is struggling. <laughs> I wonder if they have like signs and things they would use, like uh, S- uh, you know, SOS. Different ways that the flag was held, different ways that the trumpet was blown. There was all kind of different communications on the battlefield. So over time, how how what's a modern day tartan? Like, is that just like your state flag? Uh Kinda? not not so much because that would be a bit too broad. Flag? So this even got down to like... Yeah, this is down to like your family unit. And uh maybe not your your close family, your immediate family, but your extended family and and the community that that made up. So like even like like a last name? Similar to a last name. And and I'm stretching it, but, you know, just trying to wrap my mind around it. And then how would you, how would you, you know, if you... Like if you had an extended, like a family reunion... Where everybody you know that you're related to came together to go to Six Flags. And you all wore matching shirts. Those matching shirts Got would it. be the modern day tartan. I the way to identify it. yourselves with your group. You finally put it in terms in which I understand. Yes! History lesson brought back to um, the 21st century. Okay, now I get it. So, because I was, you know, wondering, like, where do they get their flags? How do they know what their tartan is? Where do you find this? So, I guess if you have kept up with your heritage long enough or it's steeped in tradition enough, um, then you would know. Like, you would have that. The closest thing I think here in the South is some families have, like, a family Bible. And that is, like, yeah. like have that, like, kind of, although you can't, like, take that, but it is something that's passed down. It's something that you share. It's something And it's immediately recognizable to the immediate inner recognizable, yeah. And it's laid out for all to see, usually at the um, matriarch's home, which probably the grandparents that are still alive of, of said family. And so, okay, you just have to, you got to put it into, into my... Um, into my where I can understand it. Someone mentioned a lot of Celtic coastal families, fishermen, Celtic, Celtic sorry, <laughs> fishermen's families um, would sewed their sweaters in a family specific weave designed to identify any remains that washed up. Oh, that's sad. But would that kind of be like a similar? Oh yeah, a similar, similar sense. Right. Ray on the coast said a tartan is a perfect plaid. No matter how you hold it, the pattern appears the same. Yeah, it's matching horizontal and vertical patterns in the plaid someone mentioned gang signs and so when you told me plaids were a tartan i did get kind of nervous i was like i wear plaids all the time i don't be out here flashing signs that i'm not supposed to be (laughs) i don't you know things that i don't you know mean to be portraying which i know like that's very oversimplifying it and not looking at it that way but that would be my luck that would be my luck the other thing is the obsession with and the emphasis put on 
tartans and family seals and family crests and, and all of this family history, it seems like it's a lot more important to the diaspora, the, the people from Scotland or Ireland or Celtic traditions that are currently living in America. Mm-hmm. It's not as big a deal in Scotland or Ireland because it's just it's a part of their history. Right. It's just another thing to look back on. Whereas over here it's a it's a unique identifier. So it's a little bit more I don't want to say commercialized, but like you were saying, there are there are plaids, there are tartans, just like you can have family seals and family crests made for people without any tie to Celtic, Scottish, Irish heritage because it's it's become a bit of a popular thing. That's not taking away from the historical connections to families, heartens, and stuff like that. It's just seems like over here we put more emphasis on it than they even do over there. I am now disappointed whenever we go to uh, Morton's State Park for our family reunion every Memorial Day, and there's T-shirts. They're not plaited. Like, I'm going I'm gonna to call my auntie and say, look, <laughs> we have got to figure out a tartan for the Dunn family reunion. And we're going to all step up our step up the notch each year in that way so we can can preserve it. Jeff said I can claim this one as my tartan. But I don't know if this color go with everybody. You know, you start thinking about it. It's like it's a big it would be a big deal. And it would mean a lot, too. I can see the symbolism and sort of the heritage behind it. And I'm kind of sad we don't have one. Like, I feel like I got left out. Well, you might. You just got to look it up. You think I'm Scottish? But no, like you, you <laughs> might have had someone else in your family that wanted one made for him. So now that is the Turner Tartan. So I can just go make one? Why is this so hard for me to comprehend? <laughs> I thought I had it. <laughs> Good thing I didn't major in history, right? Okay, okay. So I guess you could start one at any time if you wanted to for your family yes. in, in, in that way. As Mr. Ray was saying, some of the families there in Greenwood have started it because of the traditions that they have there so they can be a part of the celebrations that happen every March. And you're not going to offend someone if your tartan looks similar or even almost exactly alike to theirs because it's more like imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. You thought their family tartan was attractive enough or dignified enough or elegant enough for you to want it attached to your family. So... We don't do that with secret ingredients, though. We don't want you using... That is not... It's our barbecue recipes or our tartans here in the South. You can't use my spice. (laughs) It's my spice rub. It's my spice rub. It's the Turner Spice Rub. You can't have it. All right, you're probably more confused than when we got started, but that's okay. We got Movies with Tanya coming up next. Cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio up, I'd like to see sunrise. See the love in my woman's eyes, feel the touch of my precious child. And no mother's love. From the Seabrook Paint Doctor, Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
appreciate the warning, Rhino. Welcome back to Good Things. It is Friday, so we have Tanya here to talk movies. And when Rhino's in the house, he always puts uh, music that goes along to with a movie that's playing. And he gave me a little heads up not to be like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the music came on because, but you didn't tell me anything else, you know, sort of about it. And you're right. If I was just sitting here just waiting to hear the music like all of you, you probably were like, what is that? <laughs> but I know enough about what's happening this weekend to say that has to be something crazy from Dune because that is right up that weird sci-fi kind of alley. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I have. So? So, okay. Don't so, ruin my expectations. I will tell you this. Okay. You, we both recently rewatched the first one. And I felt so dumb <laughs> after I watched, watched it. it. Yeah. And, you know, my husband made me feel better because he's like, okay, the first one is more of just getting everything set up, you, you know, introducing this world to you. So, you know, the next one has to be a little more action. And, and we even talked about that the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes were the best part of the movie because it, things were starting mm-hmm. to rev up. And so this one kind of picks up where that one leaves off. So, and for those of you that have not seen the first one, I would recommend you see it just because it's, a, you know, a, a definitely something you want to see. Um, but there's a narrative at the beginning of this one, and it's told through a new character. She journals. Um, it's a Princess Irland, played by um, Florence Pugh. She's journaling, basically recapping what happened in the first movie, and that she has suspicions that Paul, uh, Timothy Chalamet's character, is still alive. Um, and she's trying to kind of reconcile, you know, where we are in the story. So if you missed the first one, I believe her little narrative at the beginning will kind of catch you up. So um, just keep that in mind. But I do recommend seeing the first one. And even if you want to cheat and watch the last hour and a half of the first. Yeah. One, yeah. <laughs> I mean, break you, it down. <laughs> you would you would get enough. You would get the main the majority. You would miss a little bit, but you probably scratch your head the first hour. But I mean, again, I mean, I am a fan as in not die hard, didn't read the book, but I'm intrigued. Yes. It's, it's just a fascinating world. Yes. You know, it's so not anything like we've ever seen before so that to me that's worth going to see it and especially seeing it on the big screen and this one's in IMAX so you might want to fork over that extra two or three bucks to see it on an IMAX screen if you can Um, but this one picks up um, Paul uh, Atreides and his mother who is now pregnant they're traveling with the Freeman um, and he's preparing to train um, to be the future, you know, he's the Messiah. His mother has sort of put him in this position. He's sort of, he's coming to terms with that. So when it starts off, he's very much the same Paul we see in the first movie where he's um, reluctant, not really sure of what's going on. And as the movie progresses and he um, has tests and fights and everything, he becomes stronger and more confident. So you see this transformation going on. Um, and then you've also got some new characters, uh, introduced. The queen that we've already talked about, the, I mean, the princess that starts the, the movie off. Um, and then we've got Austin Butler, who we know as Elvis playing, um, 
a new bad guy um, for this. I mean, in this one. But um, anyway, so pretty much from the beginning, we get an epic battle scene. So it's not it doesn't stall, stall, stall. No, no. To to me, this one is much more um, action packed than the first one. Um, We get more Zendaya in this one, which makes me happy. Um, there, we kind of ended on a cliffhanger in a way. So it's is there more to the story. Yeah, there's more books, and so you know the the plan is to make parts three and four, but they've not really. I think they said that they've got the script written for part three, uh, but it's not officially a go yet. I think they're waiting Where to see. Where is this shot at? Um, oh, I'm not sure. I saw. I read that, but I can't Somewhere remember. Dusty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Abu Dhabi. Oh, <laughs> you didn't know that, Tanya, off the top of your head? <laughs> no, somehow I missed that one. Um, but yeah, so I have a feeling this one, this is it this weekend. And mm-hmm. I looked at a, um, one of the local theaters in the Jackson Market, and it's like half of the screens are this movie. So I feel like it's going to do really well this weekend. We're going um, tomorrow. Okay. Tickets are bought. Well, it is two hours and 45 minutes. There's no bonuses. So as soon as the credits start, you can get up. You can get up and go tinkle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, t- I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, the new characters. I enjoyed there is not pr- maybe not as much sandworm as I wanted. but And there wasn't in the first one yeah, either. Yeah, but there is an epic scene that involves a sandworm so that that's something to look forward to for sure um but yeah great cast uh more of the same and um yeah i thought it was a definitely worth all the the hype anything else trying to compete with it this weekend there's really not and the box office overall has been kind of slow the last couple of weeks bob marley was in first place again last weekend um, so I feel like hands down, this one's going to win. Jeff on our text line, Tanya asked if you've heard anything about Silver War. Silver, I can't ever say that word. Uh, it's, it comes out pretty soon. No, Silver, Sil- Silver, Silver War. Thank you. Civil War. Silver War. I have not. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. It always has been. It's got a sneak peek that will be debuting at South by Southwest in the middle of this month, but then it won't come out for broad release until the middle of April. Uh, who's in it? Uh, Kirsten Dunst, uh, mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons, Nick Offerman, Jess Matney. Silver. I see the. It gets the. It's the. It's the. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting concept because it's in a a alternate timeline where Texas and California are teaming up because they're upset at the government. Oh, that sounds interesting. Hmm, I can see where that would get some some traction. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that one for you, Jeff. Or do you have your eye on any other ones? Well, the next big one is going to be Ghostbusters, and that's going to be about the third or fourth week of March, the twenty second. Uh, one that I'm really getting excited about just because I've been seeing a lot of trailers is the fall guy. Um, this is Ron, Go- uh, Ron, Ryan Gosling, um, playing the character that we know from television. Uh, that was a big show when I was a kid. I remember my dad loved to watch it. Um, and of course, Ryan, everybody's loving him right now. And it was announced he's going to sing. I'm just Ken at the Oscars next weekend. A week from Sunday. So I'm super pumped about that. I can't wait to see how they do it. The last awards were the 
Oh, the people, not the people's choice, but where SAG, yeah, SAG Awards. Did anything stand out to you in those? Well, I was super, super happy that Emma Stone did not win Best Actress. <laughs> I hate to say that. Um, the girl from Killers of the Flower Moon, uh-huh. Lily Gladstone, she won. So I was super happy about that. Um, but the rest were pretty much more the same. So, you know, we keep seeing the same people win the same awards. So. Who will we, be hosting the Oscars this year? Um, it's going to be Jimmy Kimmel again. So he always does a fabulous job. So that, I mean, it, it'll be great. What would be a big upset? Um, for me, I think probably if a non-Barbie song won best song. <laughs> I mean. But even at this time, if you're kind of like Barbied out or whatever it may be, um, do you, does that play into... Like against them, or have they already cast their votes? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what their voting timeline is. I'm guessing they probably are finalizing all that right now. But yeah, I think fatigue does play into it. So um, it'll be interesting. I really would like to see Lily win the Oscar again. I, you know, instead of Emma Stone, everybody's on the Emma Stone bandwagon. Remind us the movie that you feel like doesn't deserve the hype. Poor things. I just, I do not, I just, I hated it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And so, and I hate to I not. It. Of all these years, <laughs> this is like the one Tanya has just put her teeth in and been like, I can't do it. <laughs> but I hate to knock Emma Stone because she's a fantastic actress, but I just do not like the movie. So it's hard for me to back that performance. But um, anyway, so it'll be interesting. It just looks weird. It's weird, and I thought it was going to be fun weird, but it's gross weird. Mm, I'm so, not even, yeah. yeah. Aaron and Meridian said, when does, and I hope I say this right, If come out, his daughter, his little uh, girl yeah, wants to see. Yeah, that one is coming out May the 17th, and it looks great. It's a John Krasinski animated movie. Um, there's one coming out next weekend called Imaginary that is a horror movie. And I keep getting those two mixed up in my mind. And they're two it does completely like different. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. They're two completely different things. Imaginary looks frightening. Yeah, but when he said little girl, I'm thinking if must be. Well, yeah. if is short for imaginary friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, still easier to say than civil war. I'll work on it. I don't know. 40 years old, still can't say it. All right. Thank you, Tanya. Um, you guys stick with us. we got more for you. I'm next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Streaming live over at supertalk.fm. Also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And don't forget, low blood inventory levels are coming off of the first warm weekend in a long time, which has left the shelves at Mississippi Blood Service extremely low. So blood types O, if you're out there, or B, if you're out there, have taken a drastic dip. And so they need you. So if you're 
you're looking for something good to do on your Friday afternoon or maybe go ahead and plan early next week, call MS Blood Services at 601-368-2673 or go to msblood.com to make an appointment. But remember, walk-ins are always welcomed. So put that on your to-do list for next week. And then don't forget, to our Super Talk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories. So if you want to stay up to date with that, you can do that over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. So, Rhino, have you actually, you haven't seen the, the oh, I guess the, the mid-Dune, the remake of the original. The 2021 Dune. No, yeah. I have not. So... You should see. I should make you do your homework and then take you to the to the movies, um, sort of with you. Okay. So even Tanya said she's sort of left still a little bit confused, and I feel like we've been talking it up. And some of you will go and watch just because now you're curious because we're kind of curious about it. Why is it so confusing? Because it's it's set in a world that is kind of hard to wrap your head around. Amen. It's. A universe where society allowed machines to take over voluntarily. Like they, they just kind of – people gave up their free will to thinking machines, and the thinking machines took over. So humanity fought off the thinking machines and decided, you know what? We're better off without any machines. We're just going to use straight-up human brain power and ingenuity to do everything we want to do. So you're – you're seeing a story told in a world where they still have intergalactic space travel. They still have flight. They still have sci-fi technology. But it's not actual smart technology the way we think of technology at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And there's also all these other people like the the guy that can roll his eyes back in the back of his head and do crazy big calculations really fast. Like those are skills that over thousands of years they've trained into these characters, but mm-hmm. it's hard to wrap your head around stuff like that. Yes, but then we're still intrigued. Is it because we can't understand it or that we can maybe in some weird way see it happening because there's so many movies that kind of predict that kind of outcome for is that is it that weird and we hope that at the end the humans always win? Well, I think part of it is you have this this future thousands of years off that is a possibility if society goes down a certain path, but it's so distant. It's thousands and thousands of years in the future, but the main character is still a guy named Paul. Correct. So, so your brain is stuck in two different gears. It's like, wait a second. All right. This is super cool. Futuristic sci-fi, but the guy's named Paul. Richard from Rankin said, I couldn't even finish the last one. I even tried it again and wasn't able to do it. So I want to put like when um, put that out there. Like I get this is not like for everybody. And I wouldn't say it's like a heart, like I'm a hardcore fan. I'm intrigued. And it's kind of like the thing at the moment. And I didn't I would have liked to have seen the first one on the big screen. And so since I have the opportunity to see this next one, it just looks like it would be a cool one to sort of sort of see see that way and see how it ends up and. Make your, you know what? If nothing else, it is a break from our reality, kinda. But there's, if there's worms that come, <laughs> we're all in trouble. So we'll just well, the, put it the there. other thing going for it is it's directed by Denis Villeneuve. He's a French dude, and his whole idea of making movies 
is when you go see a movie and it makes an impact on you, it's not the lines of the movie. It's not the delivery from the actors. It's the image on the screen that sticks with you the most. So what he does is he tries to make every single shot look like a painting, Mm -hmm. which when it's something like Dune that has a cult following and it's got all this lore and history attached to the story, you really have a lot to work with when you're trying to make every single scene look like a painting. Uh, Dwayne and Brandon said kind of sounds like Terminator. Kind of, but the Terminator was set in the near future. Like, Judgment Day is already supposed to have happened in the Terminator universe, whereas in Dune, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like 30,000 years in the future. Aaron said it's kind of like the TV show Firefly, a sci-fi, we- sci-fi western. That's an interesting term. That's cool. That was um, Firefly, though. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was a great show. Again, you know, it's completely up to debate. You watch it or sort of don't watch it, but uh, if you do... We'll talk about it next week when Tanya comes back. All right. You guys stick with us, though. You got the boys. They are live at M-Trade Park in Oxford from 3 to 6 with Sports Talk. Rhino and I will meet you back here Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.